Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Today we celebrate the great feast of the Ascension. Jesus ascends back into heaven. Now the first reading is very appropriate. From Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1, verses 1 through 11, it gives us a wonderful synopsis of this event. Now it's important to note the author of Acts of the Apostles, which is Luke, the same author of the Gospel of Luke. Now scholars believe if we really want to understand Christianity, we have to read the Acts of the Apostles as well as the Gospel of Luke as one novel. The first part of the novel is the Gospel of Luke, which talks about the life of Christ. The second part of the novel deals with the Acts of the Apostles and the life of the church. Now notice how the first reading begins. In the first book, Theophilus, I dealt with all that Jesus did and taught until the day he was taken up after giving instruction through the Holy Spirit to the apostles as whom he has chosen. Now notice what he says at the beginning in the first book. The first book he's recognizing is that of the gospel, the gospel of Luke. And it talks about the life of Christ, his miracles, his life, his teaching, his passion, death, and resurrection. Now it appears that Luke is addressing the Acts of the Apostles to this person named Theophilus. Now, it wasn't uncommon for wealthy and affluent benefactors to sponsor the apostles and the disciples so that they weren't preoccupied or worried about money, expenses. Where are they going to stay for the night? Where are they going to get their meals? Instead, they could devote all their time and their attention to evangelization. Now, it is true Luke could be addressing one person named Theophilus, but also realize Luke's background He's a physician. He's also a very wise and articulate narrator. I would say he's addressing us. Remember, the Bible was originally written in Greek. That word Theophilus, translated from Greek, means beloved of God. In doing so, Luke is universalizing Acts of the Apostles so that he allows everyone to be addressed or the addressee of this book. Now, reread it with that translation. In the first book, Beloved of God, I dealt with all that Jesus taught and did. And so, Acts of the Apostles is specifically written for all of us because we are all lovers of God. And so, we must immediately pay attention to what is being said here. Now, notice Luke continues. He says, Appearing to them during 40 days, What's a period of preparation for the apostles before they begin their mission? You see this throughout sacred scripture. People, when they're called by God, they need a period of preparation before they're sent out on mission. I'll give you some examples. Moses, he needed 40 days in order to prepare to be the leader of the Israelite people. And so he spends 
on top of the Mount Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights conversing with God. And only then does he come down with the Ten Commandments in order to lead the Israelites. Look at Jesus. Before he entered into ministry, he spent 40 days and 40 nights in the desert battling the devil. And after he conquered the devil, then he was ready to go on mission. Look at Paul. After he encounters Jesus Christ, the least likely person he ever thought he would meet on the road to Damascus, he doesn't go immediately to Jerusalem to meet with the apostles, to enter into ministry. No. Instead, he flees into the Arabian desert and stays there for three years before he finally goes to Jerusalem to meet the apostles. Well, we continue that same tradition. Anyone who wants to receive a sacrament in our church, we ask them for a period of preparation so that they can understand and appreciate the gifts of the sacraments. Look at the second graders. They spend a whole year in order to prepare to receive their first Holy Communion. Confirmation kids, they wait two to three years in preparation in order to be confirmed. Engaged couples, we ask them to wait at least six to eight months during that time they are prepared to not only celebrate the ceremony of the wedding, but also a lifetime together. And so we need a period of preparation to help us fathom the magnitude of the graces and the blessings of the sacraments so that we can go on mission. Now, the sacraments awaken in us the presence of Jesus in our life. And so that's why we need that period of preparation. And so too do the people in the Bible. Next, Jesus tells the apostles to wait into Jerusalem to receive the sacrament. It says, while meeting with them, Jesus enjoined them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, about which have heard me speak. For John baptized with water, but in a few days we will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is emphasizing to the apostles the importance of the sacraments. Well, the church continues, even to this day, to emphasize the same importance. See, that's why we turn to the catechism. The catechism reinforces that importance. As it says, the sacraments of the Catholic Church, instituted by Christ and entrusted to the Church, are efficacious signs of grace perceptible to the senses. Through them, divine life is bestowed upon us. They assist individuals in their spiritual progress and growth and holiness. The sacraments contribute to the Church's growth in charity and giving witness. And so we recognize that tradition, as it continues on, as it existed from the apostles at the time of the ascension, even to this day. More to it, only in the church can we receive the sacraments. The church is the only institution that can dispense the sacraments. And so just as Jesus tells the apostles to remain, he's also telling us that same message, remain in the church, so that God's blessing and graces can always be imparted upon us just like the apostles are about to receive in this story. Finally, Jesus transcends into heaven. Now, there's one important note that I want everyone to take away from this. If there's anything that you should remember from this great feast of the ascension of Jesus Christ into heaven is how closely it links Christmas to Easter and how closely it links Jesus' birth to his death and resurrection. When Jesus is born into this world, 
Yes, he takes on our human nature, but he doesn't leave his divine nature behind in heaven. No, it's fully intact when he is born into this world. He is born fully divine and fully human. At Jesus' death and resurrection, when he rises from the dead, he doesn't rise with his divine nature and leaves his grubby human nature behind in the tomb. No, he rises with his human nature and his divine nature fully intact. And now he ascends into heaven, fully divine and fully human. Now our human nature resides in heaven, something that it never did before. You could say heaven has adopted or accommodated itself to receive humanity. Jesus, through the ascension, has carved out a pathway for us that never existed before, a pathway that our ancestors, our grandparents, our parents, maybe even our children, have walked before us. And it's a pathway that one day we hope we will walk ourselves. And see, this is why we pray every day. This is why we go to Mass every week. We perform the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. We engage in continual faith formation. We do all these things because of the hope and the dream that one day we will be partakers in the ascension ourselves. That one day when we are about to leave this world, Jesus will come for us and lead us on that journey home. As I've said many times, St. John Chrysostom once said, Our citizenship is not in this world. We are resident aliens in this world. Our true citizenship belongs in heaven. And that's what Jesus proves today. He shows us the pathway home and that he will lead us there himself. Friends, all of our hopes and all of our dreams have now become a reality through the ascension of Jesus Christ. And that, my friends, is worth celebrating. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.